Helen's creaky chair. I can't find a comfortable way to sit. Don't sit, stand. (laughs) (laughs) Neat! Hello and welcome to Isn't It Neat, a podcast where we discuss, nerd out and share things we think are neat. Each week one of our hosts will pick a topic they want to share their love for and that's what we will discuss. My name is Erin and I'm joined by my sisters Helen Hello. and Caitlin. Hi. And this week we will be finishing off our discussion of The Wheel of Time Season 1 with the final two episodes, The Dark Along the Ways and The Eye of the World. This podcast will contain spoilers for the whole first season of the TV show. It may contain minor spoilers for the beginning of the book series as the show adapts events and characters from the books, but we won't be discussing specific details of the book itself. I have read the entire book series multiple times and I've also watched season one multiple times. Helen hasn't read any of the books and this is her first watch of the TV show. So Helen, how are you feeling after finishing the show? Ah, kind of like, well, I left off at the cliffhanger bit, which was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm annoyed, but at the same time, like, oh, I'm actually disappointed at that ending. Mm. So Caitlin has read 33 chapters of the first book of the series, and this is her second watch through the TV show. Yeah. Caitlin, how was your nap? It was good. I put my heater on because I was like, I'll have a nice, comfortable house when I wake up for this recording, forgetting that I will be sleeping under dunas. (laughs) So I'm... Did you overeat? Hot and cold at the same time. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> All right. So episode seven, The Dark Along the Ways. So before we started, I asked Helen what her predictions were for this episode. She said, we find out who's the Dragon Reborn. Either it's going to be one of them or there's some sort of plot twist in which all of them are the Dragon Reborn. But if it's one of them, no idea which one. Is that about right, Helen? Yeah. It's like, I definitely didn't want it to be Special Boy. Yeah. That's I was how like, I felt. But I can't decide which one I wanted to be otherwise. So we start with my favourite cold open of the whole series. Mine too. <laughs> I love it. It's, it's pretty awesome. So what happens, Helen? Uh, it's, um, we're in a mountain. I think that one behind the tower, the white tower. Yep. Yeah. And it's battlefield, there's bodies everywhere, and there's this lady She's running around the battle, um, running away from people, I guess. And mm-hmm. it's she looks like, oh, she's clutching her tummy. She pauses and it's like, oh, is she pregnant? And then people are attacking her and she fights them off. And she's so fierce and epic. And she keeps fighting and she's having moments where she's like, oh, I'm having contractions. Oh, I'm pregnant. Oh, I'm about to give birth, but I've got to kill all these people. Otherwise, they kill me. And she just. And she does. She does win the whole fucking battle. It's like, oh, my God. She's so mm-hmm. epic. And then she, um, then she's like, oh, I have to hear birth. I have to stop. And she gets, and she grabs, gets rips this man's gets- cape. Oh, yeah, she does get stabbed. She has to hear birth. And she rips this man's cape off and lays it down. And she gets herself ready to give birth. She's going to do it. She just rips her clothes and goes, her. And then there's a sword pointed at her throat. And someone's standing over her. And then it goes to the title screen. Yeah. Did you see that it was the Heronmark sword? Yes. I was like, oh, my God, is it going to turn out that this is... I, l- I looked at it and went, oh, is she the red one of those um, 
redhead people. Ayu. And this is going to turn out to be um, the dad with his sword. Uh-huh. I was looking at it go, oh, I bet this is special boy's mom. <laughs> yes, that's really cool. It's pretty awesome. It's a really amazing sequence, like really well yeah. shot. It's so good. So then we go into the episode proper. We start where we left off last episode, which is the ways closing the the doorway to the ways closing and matt's on the wrong side or he's on the outside which may be the right side and everyone's like no no matt no (laughs) it's like rand has this moment where like mario's like well he made his choice well well, you made it for him it's like no she didn't she was literally just standing there (laughs) he just stood far away and didn't go in like yep he did he made his choice so Moraine and Lan take off into the ways and the kids all have a discussion and it's very tense um, and Moraine says something about the darkness in Matt, that maybe it's good that he's not there. I think she says that to Lan. Yeah. Um, no, she says yes. that to Randall. Um, you know better than anyone. Oh, yeah. The, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. The yeah, I can quote things. <laughs> yeah. But then she and Lan um, have a discussion and very quietly that she's worried about him, that he's yeah. very better. So they can't reopen the doorway to get Matt because they can't channel because if they do, it'll call Matt Chin Shin, which is some horrible thing. And then Loyal starts talking about awful things that could happen to you in the ways in his like kind of bumbling academic way, which is really cute. Mm-hmm. Um, and off they go. So they're in the ways and it's kind of spooky and it's really dark. And then Perrin sees something up ahead and they go and investigate and it's a guiding stone, but it's been defaced. So Loyal... Obviously, the favour is that Loyal's been brought along because he can read the directions on the guiding stones, but he needs a little bit of time to decipher because of how it's been defaced. So they make camp and have a little rest. Mm. And then Egwene hears some whistling. Oh, yeah, and it's that guy. He's been following them the whole time. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) So there's some whistling wakes Egwene, and she's like, oh, what's that? And gets up, and then there's a trollic. Oh, no. And then Egwene goes, ah, like she's there with Rand and um, it ends up being channeled over the edge and falls forever to its death or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But because of that, she goes, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to channel. And then they hear Machin Shin, which is the black wind. It's coming and they run. So they're running and they find the way gate to Faldara, which is not what they were originally planning on going, but they'll go there because they need to get out. And then the black wind envelops them. Moraine Mm. hears, you're wrong about everything. You'll murder these children and call it heroism. Egwene hears, you're nothing, an imposter, a fraud. Rand hears, Egwene will never love you as much as you love her. She left you once and she'll leave you again. Perrin hears, you wanted Layla dead out of the way. That's why you killed her, because you loved another woman more than your wife. Lan hears, you can't protect her, you'll watch her die. And Nynaeve hears, you'll hear their screams as they die, just like you heard your parents, and you'll do nothing to save them. You lost Matt, and now you'll lose the others one by one until you have nothing and no one. You can't protect them. You can't. And as she's listening to this, she's getting, like, real angry. She's and she explodes. <laughs> she's like, yeah. a explosion of light, just... and she makes a big old shiny bubble that keeps away all the dark things. Yeah, it looks kind of like a swarm of bats or a swarm of yeah. Rages. It's like a really cool effect. Mm. 
I yeah. like it. Um, and that allows Moraine to open the way gate and they all leave and they're all shook. And yeah, they're all just like, <gasps> okay, we're alive. Mm. So the horror of the Black Wind is kind of like their own black thoughts. Mm. They've arrived at the fortress city of Faldara. And they've got friends there, so they're like, we'll go, we'll go here, and it's a day's march to the eye of the world from here. So they enter the city, and Lan gets called Deshan by random people who come. They're like, hey, Deshan. Um, they go and they visit the lord of the city, Lord Agomar, who's a bit of a dick. He's very proud of himself. We can look after ourselves. We don't need anyone else's help. Thank you very much. You can go home now. Yeah, Marie's just kind of like, well, we're not here for you. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. By the way. Yeah, by the way, the monsters are coming through the waypoints. Might want to look into that. And then we see Oh my god, Padden Fane leaves the waygate. Oh my god. Um and then we have Moraine and Lady Amalisa, who's Lord Agomar's sister, have a little bit of a discussion. We find out that Amalisa did go to the White Tower to learn to channel and she can. She lights like a lamp. With, with the power, but she wasn't strong enough to become an Aes Sedai. Um, and then Moraine throws Matt under the bus. Yeah, she told mm. them to find the red people to the Red Arja. Red Arja. Yeah, which is jawline. Yeah, yeah so, mm. so I was like, did she just ask the blonde lady to do with that? Oh, mm. okay. Yeah, send a message to the reds to look out for Matt. So what's mm. going to happen to Matt? What are they going to do to him? They're going to hunt him and they're going to gentle him. Can you be gentled if you don't? If you can't channel the power? Can he channel the power? Don't know yet. The red guys will find out. Anyway, they go to a pub. Um, Maureen finds Min, who I really like. She's really cool. Um, Min is a, a seer. She sees visions. And what she sees always comes true. Dun, dun, dun. Um, and, yeah, her abilities are a little bit secret. She has some agreement with the Aes Sedai that they'll keep it secret so she's not bothered. And Maureen kind of uses that as a little bit of leverage to get her to do her foretelling on all the kids. Mm, she's not being, like, subtle at all at this point. She's, like, hammering mm. her way through everything. Like, this is what we need to do. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Um, so she sees – she looks at Perrin and she sees yellow eyes and blood running down his chin. She looks at Rand and sees him rocking a baby – the girls, she sees a white flame and a ring of gold. We don't know who belongs to who. Any guesses? Nynaeve's going to be next queen mummy. <laughs> and Peguin is just a normal ice a day. Okay. So it's <laughs> the white flame, the amelin seat. Could be. And a ring of gold is just the ice Sedai ring. Maybe. <laughs> Sounds very non-committal there. I'm not committing to anything there, excepting that Penguin gets to be like cool in her own right but not near as like close to her like look at me i'm the bestest ambitions that she's had her this whole time she uh -huh. wants to be special girl she does <laughs> <laughs> uh, min also sees that all four are linked there's sparks of light filling the shadows and shadows trying to swallow the light but they're all of them important to the pattern Spokes which is rare it's unusual and then she looks at moraine and moraine's like what do you see around me and she looks really disturbed and she says the Amelon seat wearing full regalia, and she's going to be your downfall. Mm. Oh, my God. What's going to happen? Nynaeve's going to become queen mummy. <laughs> and then she's going to banish Moraine. <laughs> I feel Double like um, if anything ever happens to um, 
Swan, Swan. it's going to destroy Moraine. Of course it is. So why? So that'll be a downfall. downfall. Yeah. Okay. So they go back to the fortress and there's a very serious and dramatic discussion in which Moraine comes clean and says that any who come between the dragon and the dark one at the eye of the world is going to die. She still doesn't know who's who. The reason she took them to see Min was to see if Min might know. Um, So mm, they're probably all going to die. She doesn't know who it is. And they all decide that they're going to make their own decisions about whether they go and they leave at dawn. Maureen and Lan leave and then there's this, like, high school drama. Intense, dramatic argument, rah, rah, rah. Yeah, so there's this thing about Perrin loved Egwene and married Layla because Egwene likes Rand. I just like that bit. Mm. I was like, oh, that's, yeah, so that's what that was at the beginning. Were they teasing that? Yeah. Yeah, mm. when Layla was, like, upset. Yeah. And we didn't know why. See, a far better interpretation would be that the day that Pe- uh, Penguin and um, Rand were like, hello, you're fancy, I like you, sweet baby, saw it and went, oh, no, the love of my life, Rand, ah! <laughs> and then immediately yeah. went, oh, no, we can't do that in the two rivers. Um, Layla? <laughs> See, that would be the story much later better. Later on, they do have a, later on there is a discussion where he mentions that he does love Rand too, to Pegwain, but it's probably meant as a brotherly way of like, and then I had, I had that thought that moment, like, oh, what if he's secretly in love with Rand? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Helen's on my wavelength. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everything's better if, when... You subvert the love triangle somehow instead of making it the most boring variant. (laughs) The tropey one. Yeah. All right. Meanwhile, Lan um, is wandering through the city and he goes to visit some friends. No, he talks to Moraine first. They had this heartfelt chat. Moraine's like, I feel like I stole everything from you. And he's like, No, you gave me purpose. Yeah. Or something like that. And she tells him, You have some people to say goodbye to. So he goes and finds those people and Nynaeve's stalking him through the town. But he sees her and and invites her in Um, and it's like a family. Who did you you think they were, Helen, when you first watched? I thought they were his, like, actual family, like his parents Mm. and stuff. Yeah, and like a little sister or? Like a sister or a niece or something. Yeah. Um, So they have a lovely meal it's very nice and so they go back they go back to their rooms where they're staying and there's this kind of like little moment in the corridor and they say good night and Lan goes into his room and then Nynaeve follows him in and then there's sexy times and then fade to black we cut to Rand practicing archery um and he's a bit shit he's not hitting the bullseye mm. um and Egwene visits and they basically make up. They have a little discussion and they make up. Um, Egwene is very optimistic that they're going to survive. She's like, I don't care. We're all going to survive. It'll all, we'll all work out happily ever after. Um, and Rand says she needs to go to the White Tower and become an Aes Sedai. That's what she's always wanted. And, that, and then he says he'll be her warder. Yeah. And Egwene promises she'll always stand by him no matter what. And they go and have sexy times. Mm. <laughs> and then we go back to Lan and Nynaeve and they talk about, like, Nynaeve asks him, why do they call you Daishan? And it's mm. the title that's given to future kings of Malkia. So he's a, a sort of a king, I guess. Mm, yeah. But Malkia got overrun by the blight when he was just a baby. And the family that we met, um, that man was one of 
Lan's father's armsmen, and there must have been a group of them, smuggled them out, smuggled Lan out of the city. Yeah. So he survived. He's a king without a kingdom. Yeah. Any predictions about what's going to happen about that? Um, not really. Well, special boy's going to go clean up the blight at some point because he's got to do yeah. something. I feel positive. like something like that's going to get. I feel like the best resolution for Lan is one of those things where he can go back and try to, you know, reunite Undo all these people. Yeah. And, and you know, be mar- be married to Nynaeve and have uh, you know re- rebuild his kingdom and stuff. <laughs> is that after he gets separated from Moraine? So that's like how he copes with. No, I feel like it'll be like at the very end of this whole saga story. Oh, okay. Mm. No. So it's not happening anytime soon. It's not no. happening soon. It'll just be the happily ever after footnote that's, at that's the end. That's the happily ever after. No, yeah. I think it's going to be one of those things where he's being stubborn and Nynaeve's like, you have to go back home because you are the king. So off you go. And he's like, no, I don't need to. They're all dead. Rah, rah, rah. And she's like, um, no, off you go. And then there's a whole saga about him being like, oh, I have to be king now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and then we go back to Rand. So he goes back to the archery yard after spending time with Egwene in their bedroom. Um, so he goes back to the archery la- yard. And as he's, he's now winning the archery, I guess. And he has some <laughs> flashbacks. So we flash back to when the Trolloc first attacked the farmhouse back in the first episode. It attacked Rand and Tam in their farmhouse. And then a little bit, I guess, of the journey between the farmhouse and Emmons Field. And we see Tam's having sort of fevered mutterings. Mm. The bit where mm. he's dragging Tam to go see Nynaeve because he hasn't realised that there is a greater world outside of his little farm and, like, if there's Trollocs at his farm, there's probably going to be Trollocs in the town. Mm. Um, yeah, so he, he's talking about how he always wanted a, a baby or something and what was she doing on the mountain and stuff like that. And his um, little baby. Then there's a, yeah, there's a flash to uh, Dana, the dark friend they met in f- the Four Kings Tavern. Um and mm. when she'd locked him in the room and he beats down the unbreakable door and we see that shot again of him breaking down the door, but this time we see the power, the the weave of the power all coated mm. in black like it is when Loghain channeled and that's what breaks down the door. I thought it was white. It starts white it and then white, turns black. And then it gets turns, yeah, then it mm. turns black. And then we see him recognising Dragon Mount going, I think I've seen that mountain before. And then the Trolloc attack in the ways where Egwene thought she channeled to throw the Trolloc over the edge, but actually it was Rand when he like mm. grabbed Egwene. It's like, well, both together did. Um, and then we kind of retcon what Rand actually heard from Matchin Shin just before they escaped. He hears the wind say, you are the dragon reborn. And you've always known it. You've always known it inside you. Yeah. yeah. So he has this kind of big realis- realization. He goes to visit Min, and I love this because he storms in and she's like, We're closed. And then she goes, Oh, it's you, which is exactly how I imagine Caitlin would say it. <laughs> <laughs> Stop this. Like, this kind of disdainful, like, oh, farm yeah. boy, <laughs> special boy. <laughs> it's you. <laughs> so he asks, wants to know what she has to say, what she sees. Um, 
And she tells the story of her first vision she ever had. She was in Tarvalon and she turned a corner and she saw a man with Rand's sword. Um, and then we see interspersed with this flashbacks to the cold open sequence. So after, at the end, we left the woman with the sword at her throat and now we get a shot of panning of it panning up and he, he drives he drives the sword into the the ground and then he takes his helmet off yeah and he takes her hands and he helps her give birth <laughs> yes he wraps the baby it's and all... then she dies which is this minute yeah. where she looks as he's sort of smiling and looking at his baby and she looks at the baby like oh thank you it's born yeah. and then she just dies and it's so sad it's yeah cool. so and then we come to sunrise, so it's the next morning. Um, Egwene goes to Nynaeve's room and discovers that she didn't come home last night and is like, where is she been? She does kind of do that when she meets her. It's like, where are you been? Yeah. So does Nynaeve do the walk of shame or does she do the stride of pride? I think it was the stride of pride until she walked into that room and saw Egwene. And yeah, and Egwene's sitting on her bed with the smug look on her face, being like, I know what <laughs> yeah. you just did. And she's like, oh, my God, I'm a wisdom. <laughs> I meant to be doing better than this. <laughs> um, and then Perrin comes in and Egwene Perrin and Nynaeve, they all decide that they're going to the eye of the world. Um, but then um, Lan arrives and is like, Moraine's gone and she's masked her bond. And then we see a shot of Rand knocking on Moraine's door and being like, it's me, let's go. And then Rand and Mo- we see Mora- Rand and Moraine Entering the Blight, and that's the end of the episode. The Blight reminds me of, like, an evil plant from Harry Potter. Oh, the um, the Devil's Snare. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you touch it and it's, like, grabs you, but if you, if you don't touch it, it just stays asleep. <laughs> yeah. So as soon as we finished, Helen's first comment was that she knew Maureen was going to leave land behind. <laughs> Yeah. No, yes, because she was talking about um, undoing the bond and then later we learned she could mask it. I'm like, she's going to sneak off at some point and leave him behind. Your next comment was, oh, my God, the lady from the start, the cold open, she's a yeah. total badass. Yeah. Like, why could the story be about her? Oh, we need, like, a, a Wheel of Time prequel that's just about Lan's, uh, Rand's mum. Yeah. Do you think we get to hear any more about her? Probably not. It? She's out of it. <laughs> Jake, we'll probably get some... He'll probably, like, go to find who she was maybe at some point or find out and that'll be the whole thing. Mm. He'll he'll convince the travellers to take him to the whatever they're called and create the Great Union, thereby being special boy and saving the world and also finding out about his, like, family. He'll turn stuff. out to be a king of those people or something like that. Yeah, and he's going to do the that, same that. thing. Every the time. Aiel. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. King of the Aiel. Um, Helen also questioned what Min said about the, there being a connection between all the kids. Yeah. It's like, ooh, what's that about? And you also said that you're angry at Rand because he stole their choice to go yes. to the eye of the world or not. Mm. They all decided they were going, they were going to make a choice, and they just as they decided, he, he just went and took that from them. Mm. Like, he didn't even, like, let them know and be like, I'm going, I'm the dragon, I am pretty sure that you will die, so let me go alone and, and like, let He did them. the noble sacrifice thing. Yeah, because he's mm. the worst. Didn't even say goodbye. Yeah, didn't even write a note no. after doing sexy times. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> offensive. <laughs> and then you were also talking about Padden Fane controls the Trollocs, but you weren't sure how he's part of it all. Yeah. He's it's a like dark friend. 
Yeah, because I kept forgetting the dark friend thing exists. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, he's a dark friend. Yeah, dark he's friend. probably the one that called the Trollocs there in the first place. Mm. All right, so that was episode seven. We're going to take a short break now, and then we're going to dive straight into the very last episode, episode eight. <laughs> And we're back. So, episode eight, The Eye of the World. Dun, dun, dun. So, that's the name of the first book. I think that's generally how adaptations go. Like, the last episode of the season is called whatever the book is called that it's based on. Yeah, because you've got to have the, it's called, it's called the thing that the, the book is called. Yeah. <laughs> they, they said oh, the yeah, name. The you said the name of the thing that we're watching. Yeah. Yeah. Drink, drink, drink. <laughs> So this episode kind of jumps back and forth um, and we get sort of snippets of what's happening because everything kind of happens, I guess, simultaneously throughout that day. Mm. Um, So we'll we'll break it up a little bit. Um, But first of all, we have our cold open. So we open 3,000 years ago. Oh, yeah. We get to see the previous dragon briefly. They speak in a fancy ancient language or something. Yes. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) you love this (laughs) yeah they speak in the old tongue Mm. so we've got Luz Therin Telamon and Latra Perse Desume and they speak only in the old tongue I was gonna say both names amazing signatures like can you just imagine yeah they've got pretty epic names so they're they're sitting in the nursery I guess of Luz Therin's child Luz Therin Telamon has a plan to defeat the dark one because obviously that's what the dragon reborn does I guess and Latra Pose disagrees. Says she can't do it. And they talk about that they're both eyes to die. Mm. And something about turning men from women or yeah. splitting them. So the men and women are both eyes to die. And she's the Tamalin seat. Mm, not the Amalin mm. seat. Not the, the Tamalin seat. Mm. So they, used to, they obviously used to work together. Um, and she's concerned that this plan will mean that the Dark One can um, touch and corrupt the One Power. The source. But mm, she's very clear that whatever it is that he wants to do means that the Dark One will touch the man's side of the source and corrupt it, not the women's side, just the man's side. And he's like, but if you help us it'll be fine. And she's like, yeah, nah, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go now. <laughs> so is that what happened? He went ahead with his plan and that's why men go mad when they channel and that's why I said I are only women? Yeah, yeah. probably. Yeah. There's a lot of the yin-yang reference. Mm. So he's and wearing the dark black, and she's the light. wearing white. They're the two halves of the whole. And the light and the dark and there's yeah. lots of that. And, and they work like... together. Did you notice his brooch? Yeah, the dragon thing on his de- vest. It yeah, probably marks so, him yeah. as the dragon. And the shape it was? It's one no? half of the oh. the the symbol. It's it's this yeah, it's half the yin yang. It's the symbol that we've been seeing. So I think it would in the olden days, it the male part of the Isodai, their leader was the dragon, and the female part of the Isodai, the leader was the seat. Um mm-hmm. and then like they were the two halves. And he's all like, and uh-huh. 
all about like light and dark being in balance at this time. Yeah, he which wants is to get rid of all the dark. And he doesn't want to get rid of the, the dark. He says something like he wants to um, trap it so that it can't mm. come out and be be the dark one and be evil and such. And mm. then he's like looking at his baby and being like, "I'm going to make like, the world I will make the world you. safe for you." Yeah, mm. and I'm pretty sure that's the dark one. <laughs> The baby. He's the baby. <laughs> no, I think the dark one was someone else. Really? Yeah, they, it was like um, the dark one was someone he knew personally. The baby. The baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It wasn't because there's the vision later of them both standing isn't the baby facing a, each other. Did it tell them the baby was a girl or? It's a boy. I thought, I don't know. I thought the baby was a girl, but I don't know that it actually says. No, I, I, I felt thought like it was, it was a, a boy. Girl. Okay. I thought it was a girl. And then he, <laughs> anyway, he looks out. It looks out the window at this kind of cool, advanced sci-fi, yeah, yeah city. <laughs> they got floating um, vehicles and everything. Yeah. So what happened? Nuclear winter. <laughs> <laughs> His plan obviously went wrong and set them back a thousand years or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly like she said. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> she was right. <laughs> All right. So we go into the um, episode proper. So we'll start in the blight. So the blight is gross and scary and there's like dead people and it's stinky and blah. It's like a swamp full nice. of fungusy things that's swollen Yeah, out. She's like, don't touch anything, but they have to touch it to walk through it. Yeah. <laughs> they're touching it so much. That concerns me a lot. <laughs> yeah. So they're making their way. So Rand and Maureen are making their way through the blight and then they see, Maureen sees the seven towers of Malkia and says, we're going the right way. We'll rest here. For 30 minutes. Then Rand wakes up and Moraine gets stabbed through the mouth. Yeah, they have this sequence. What did you see? You have a dream? Dreams have power, especially here. I saw the dark one. And then she gets stabbed. Yeah. <laughs> and then he comes up. Yeah. And the yeah, the the fire eyes man that we've mm. been seeing in spooky dreams for the whole season turns up and Rand shoots him in the eye. And I think this is really cool. He like pushes the arrow into further into his eye and it kind of like collects the mask and pulls it all in and then it all disappears and then he's just an ordinary man and so he just starts having a little chat with Rand and Rand's like no it's a dream and and then eventually Rand stabs himself to and he wake wakes himself up, up again I guess. and they do that exact sequence again except this time Rain doesn't get stabbed which is a good thing <laughs> mm. <laughs> I'm sitting there like oh I would be absolutely freaked out if the words mm. repeated exactly from my dream that you got stabbed in <laughs> yeah. So they continue on their journey and Moraine gives Rand a Sar Angriol, which is like a little figurine um, from the Age of Legends, and it means that he can be really powerful if he channels through it. amplifies his powers if he yeah, channels through it. Yeah, it's an amplifier. I like how it's made by a thousand male channelers. So... Mm-hmm. Like, does that mean that the Sar Angriels could only be made by the men's and that's why they don't have very many of them anymore? Maybe. Maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, Rand asks Moraine if he can, if she can teach him to channel because, you know, if he is going to need to use this uh, Angriel and channel to defeat the Dark One, he, he'd like some training, please. Mm-hmm. And she says no because the... When you touch the source, you go mad. And the more you touch the source, the more you'll go mad. Um, we can't have that now. So, but it's fine because when you get to, when you need to, you'll just do it by instinct. And tells a story about her training. Whipped until she just went, 
explode. <laughs> like Nynaeve does, mm-hmm. I guess. Bro, it sounded like she probably got hurt and hurt that they they were hurting her until she just exploded. Don't touch me. Yeah. Oh dear. And then they arrive at the eye of the world, which is a big hole in the ground with some stairs and stuff. She looks really down. cool. It's like the um there's some underground temples that they build mm. them that way. It's like Indiana Jones. Yeah, yeah. but there where is it? It's like South America. Right. It seems yeah. kind of Yeah, it's like an it's almost like an inverted um pyramid, but because as you go lower away from the surface it's cooler and cooler you like have a nice place to be during like the worst part of the day and it's really very smart architecturally so ran recognizes this place as well um and they go down inside it and at the bottom is like a big slab of rock and it's got that symbol on it that like yin yin yang symbol Mm -hmm. the whole thing in a circle without the dots yeah and ran kind of has he sees visions of Lutherin from the cold open and the dark one, the man, is kind of facing each other, but he can't quite remember what happened. So he's kind of having visions of his past life, which is a bit freaky. Mm. He just leans down to touch the thing and then suddenly he's in a vision or something. Yeah, so he's back at the farm and he's married to Egwene and they have a baby. It's the baby from the from pigeon. The vision. Yeah. <laughs> Snap, Helen. <laughs> yeah. We see that in like the real world, Rand's, I guess, kind of passed out. So he's been taken by magic into this kind of vision. And, he, and so he slumps on the floor and Moraine's like, Rand, don't know. And then the man appears to Moraine and is like all confident and looming and kind of scary. And, and she goes to do something with the power and then he, he like looked, he looked like very much like oh he's taking the power away from her mm-hmm. <laughs> and she did and she couldn't touch it and she is devastated it is devastating mm-hmm. is it similar to what happened to Logan yeah it's the gentleman now it felt like Logan was it was ripped out of him in a way her it was sealed like he did something to her to make it so that she couldn't something blocked her from doing it rather than having it taken from her. I got the impression yeah. that the powers of the Red Aja are like a much, much diluted version of what used to be able to be done. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. they're per- performing like surgery with a hammer, whereas he can just like gently touch and do the yeah. exact same thing. Uh-huh. So it's like an older way, mm-hmm. an older, more efficient way of, mm-hmm. but it's essentially the same outcome. Mm-hmm. So Glogain was gentled. When it's done to women, it's called stilling. They're stilled. Why? And they've talked about that before. Why different language? Because men and women are different. Mm-hmm. It's a binary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh. <laughs> um, so, yeah, she's very sad. And then we go back into, I suppose, the vision and Rand's a little bit confused and he kind of starts to accept it and then he's like, wait a minute, this isn't right. And he kind of... Talks to Egwene and is like, are you really real? And interrogates her a little bit. And she proves that she is. She remembers the thing that he he asked her about. And he's like, oh, you are real. And then she freezes. And the man comes and basically says, this could be real. This is what you want. You want that family married to Egwene. And we saw that in the first episode that that's mm. what he thought his life was going to be. So the dark one's there saying, this is what you want. We can, I can help you make your world like this. So it's basically kind of like this sort of temptation mm. 
here, have this really nice, delicious apple. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. you want to. <laughs> yeah, it just made me laugh so much because I'm like, special boy, special boy, you're in your own head. Yeah. So anything like, you know, yeah. she knows. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking. I was thinking that. It's like she's made from your vision. Yeah. She knows everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What you want her to yeah, do. That's why tell. she does. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, in the real world, in the real world, Moraine is holding a knife to Rand's throat. She's basically like, "I'll kill him before I'll let him join the shadow," which she said she, before. And she draws blood too, mm-hmm. and then we see. In the vision, Rand turns and asks to learn to channel. He's like, okay, tell me what I need to do. Mm. Um, So meanwhile, in Faldara, in the city, Egwene and Perrin are basically scared and they're sad. Egwene's very distressed. She's like, we need to go after him. And Perrin's like, we can't. We'll be killed if we go. We don't know where they've gone. We don't know the way. Rand's the only one who knew. Yeah. Um, Nani finds Lan and tells him that it wasn't him that she tracked it was Moraine she has a tell and that she could let him know what that is so he can follow Moraine and go after them because she wants him to bring Rand back to her. Mm. And they have a little moment. What does he call her that she's? um... He says, I will hate the man you choose because he's not me and I will love him if he makes you smile. You are Mm. as beautiful as the sunrise. You are as fierce as a warrior. You are a lioness wisdom. Yeah. Which is so lovely. So this is him being like, I'm going to go get Moraine and the kid and die and you go and live a very good life. Like, don't worry about me. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So the kids and Loyal go to visit Min. Tell us what you told Moraine about Rand. She's like, yeah, this is exactly what I've been avoiding. (laughs) Yeah. Everyone just comes. Ask questions. <laughs> and then she sees a vision of Nynaeve's like eye sockets kind of like burning and her kind of dropping to the ground. And then all the all the men in the bar, them all in their kind of fighting gear and getting stabbed and stuff. And she's like, oh no. And then they, we hear these horns sound because there's like trollocks. Yeah, yeah, sound the alarm. There's trollocks attacking Faldara. The men's all just get up and go. Ooh, yeah, so they all get up and go to their stations, I guess. And then we go to Lord Agomar. With his crew, so there's Lord y- Yakota and Uno and a couple of other guys and Amelisa, I guess, and it's, it's a very dire situation and they're kind of doing the war planning stuff um, and they, he says, you know what to do, and then he goes to put his armour on and, and Amelisa's there and they have a, a discussion, so just the two of them, and Amelisa's really worried. She's like, the gap's um, not going to hold. It won't hold. Yeah, don't go down there. You don't go there. We'll, we'll, we'll defend from the city. It's totally fine. It'll be fine. And Agamar basically says that there's too many of them. This is Tarm and Gaidon. It's here. It's the last battle. And we're going to the fortress in the gap because their job is basically to slow the forces so that their messengers can get out to warn the other cities of the world, basically to buy time. So it's kind of this sort of sacrifice that they're doing. It's very self-sacrificial and all of and, and very binary and I just yeah. like yeah. so the men all get on their horses and they're like, for the light and shiner, and they do a big gallop to the fortress. And the women prepare the city and Min dips. Because she's oh, the, yeah. so smart. I love her. Yeah, <laughs> she's the smart one. She's like, I am out of here. Um, it's like, well, I'm out. Bye. <laughs> and the kids are, are wandering around and, and then they hear the message that, that Amalisa has summoned any woman who can channel to come and help her. 
Um, and so Nynaeve and Egwain go and they join Amalisa and the Malkia lady, the lady that they had dinner with, and another lady. And there they're making a separate stand. And meanwhile, Perrin's having a crisis. <laughs> Because it's got to I'm just sitting here being useless. The way of the leaf is yes. dumb. <laughs> and then Loyal's like, Loyal's well. the best. <laughs> and he's just, well, if you want to help, how about we go and yeah. ask? Yeah, we could just ask. <laughs> yeah, ask what they need instead of being all dramatic. Yeah, all of this, a lot of wasted effort. <laughs> Humans are so hasty. So Perrin's obviously trying to follow the way of the leaf. So he's actually uh, kind of adopted that. He's considering um, mentality it. He's that, not converted yet. Yeah. Yeah. So he doesn't know what to do. So anyway, they go and ask for help. So Yakota and Uno and their little group, they're like digging under the throne and it's the Horn of Valia that's hidden under there. Have we heard about the Horn of Valia before? I don't think so. It needs to be there at the last battle for the dragon to blow. Something like it'll call the spirits of fallen heroes or something. Oh, God, can you yeah, imagine? Yeah. Got some armies and then all of a sudden there's this ghosties just everywhere. Yeah, it's like in the last battle of Lord of the Rings when he brings his ghost army. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I hated that. It was so uncomfortable. <laughs> then we see that Padden Fane knows the password to get into the city. So he gets the women to open the door and he comes in and he stabs them. Yeah, with his two fades. fades. He's such a bad guy. With his fades, yeah. Oh, he's such a good bad and then, guy. Yeah, he is, he's pretty. He's I love pretty him. <laughs> yeah, so apparently he's funny and goes, hmm, and kind of wanders off to see if he can find him. And then meanwhile, Yakota and Uno and Loyal, I guess, they pull out this chest. Fancy box. And then they, like, hear a noise and they go, oh, my gosh, what's that? And then they just leave it there yeah. and leave. I mean, it felt like they just put it down so they could pick up their weapons. Yeah, but you, there's more than one of them. One of them yeah. holds the box. <laughs> like, I would have given it to um, Loyal. Oh, yeah, because Loyal's guy. still there. <laughs> yeah, yeah Loyal, off you go. Maybe he is still there. Maybe they. <laughs> Loyal, can you hold this for a sec? <laughs> they look like they leave an empty room, but we don't actually see where Loyal is. I thought they we? just went maybe to pick were... up their um, weapons. It didn't seem like they left the room. Because they were still in the room. There's a shot of it. There's this shot of it sitting there like, dun, 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 it's unattended, Mm. just sitting on the the dais. Mm. Um, So then we start to get, this is sort of the pointy end of the episode. Everything's kind of wrapping up. Um, The battle is going on. And at the fortress we see um, Agomar stabbed. And then we see that the Trollocs have broken through the wall and they're coming towards Amalisa and her women. So Amalisa asks them to open themselves um, and she kind of, they um, they link, which we saw in the episode where they gentled Loghain in the cave, mm-hmm. but they had a cool Power Rangers move to do it. And these guys don't know, they don't have the training. Yeah, they, they don't have the training that she's inexperienced and so it's a little bit messy. So they're all connected by the power and Amalisa's leading and she kind of goes a little bit, nuts with power because mm, she mm. can see everything it's like it's really obvious that um Nynaeve and um Egwene's their lights are much brighter than anyone else's mm. yeah and it's like when it goes in there it felt like she hit was there got hit with their power and went suddenly went charged up to a million oh my god super saiyan yeah. power rangers it's over <laughs> <Yeah>. nine thousand <000. laughs> yeah 
<laughs> so she's got all this power and she's like, oh my goodness me. And so she f- basically flattens the trollic horde. It's very epic, calls down all the mm. lightning. Yeah. And they all get exploded. While that's happening, the two spare women, because they're the spares, <laughs> they burn out and die and they leave the, the circles. There's just Amalisa and Egwene and Nynaeve and then... Amelisa, she could like basically can't let go of the power, and she's, and she's drawing like, more and more and they're more. They're all dead. You can stop now. She's like, I can't. But Nynaeve does something to Egwene. She like grabs onto Egwene and and um, she like pushes her out of the the link or something. Yeah, or absorbs more of it. Mm. She was, and then she's as she's doing it, she's saying the thing she said in the first episode at her like coming of age ceremony. Yeah, like you're a woman and you're alone, but never alone or something like that. Mm. And mm. that they support each other. Mm. And then, I suppose, luckily, I don't know, Amelisa burns out and dies. Her face is fully burnt and the link dissolves. And Egwene's there and Nynaeve's a little bit burnt, like not as much as Amelisa, and she kind of falls onto Egwene. Egwene's like, no. Yeah, so it kind of looks like she's like dead Very or dying. Dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, Perrin is wandering around. Looking, looking for, for Pat and again. Mm-hmm. And then he ends up back in the throne room where he hears them battling or something and he turns around and runs back and they're still there and they're all dying. Oh, no. Yeah, so they're all dying and Pat and Fane's stabbing Loyal. No! <gasps> yeah. No! No! no my favourite! But he's stabbing him with the cursed dagger. Yeah. A ruby-hilted dagger. How on earth did he get that? Helen was like... He somehow got hold of that. Or maybe there's more than one. Because he kind of felt like he led, what's his name, to that dagger. It's either that he, it's his dagger originally maybe and he just magicked it to arrange the situation so um, Matt could get it and then arranged it so he could get it back. <laughs> or there's more mm-hmm. than one and it's just he's handing them out to people. Hmm. 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 We don't know. But anyway, everyone looks like they're dead and stabbed. Meanwhile, Rand's in his vision and he's learning to channel from the dark one and I think that's when the the Angriel starts to glow and he kind of stands up and he stands up in the real world as well um, and he's holding the um, Angriel in his hand, he's pointing it at, at the man, at the dark one and he says something to the effect of he could make this reality but he knows that Egwene doesn't want this. Mm. Therefore, that's not the Egwene that he loves. Yeah, this this version of the Egwene. Mm. Which I think is, I think that's a decent thing. Mm. Like, he's not a bad guy. He's just a bad character. <laughs> yeah. It's like the one good thing he finally. So he, it all kind of culminates. He's there and he like shoots power i guess at the dark one who kind of just it's just this big bright light and he just just appears and there's a crack on the floor yeah so did he kill him or did he release him don't know did he do a whoopsie (laughs) the way it was set up kind of felt like i feel like he meant to like seal him but may have accidentally released him (laughs) because that felt really weird and the um the man as he disappears he's not that upset about it Mm -hmm. just Mm. Kind of stands there and is like, oh, and he kind of does a little smirk almost. Yeah, because if he's the dark one and he gets deaded, does that mean he gets to be reborn? Or maybe, maybe oh. that's how it works. <gasps> maybe that's Rand's child. Yeah, so my theory is that Dragon realizes when his kid's born that that's the dark one and goes, I've got a mm-hmm. plan. It's going to make it everything cool and good and safe and awesome. 
and my kid's going to be able to live and it's going to be wonderful. And no one helps him and he does it anyway and fails because no one's helping him and ends up in a death battle with his son, Darth Vader style. Uh huh. I feel like it was his wife, something happened to her and this is why he wants to protect the baby. Anyway, bad guy gets deaded and gets reborn into a baby and Lan goes, a baby! I always wanted one of these and takes care of him. <laughs> Around as a baby next season and that's the next dark one. Yeah. I feel like he just sort of wanders into whatever next adventure that's going to happen to him. Yeah, and then they call him back into the that. into the adventure and he's like, oh, fine, and like hides the baby away and like goes off into yeah. the world. But I feel like there's a possibility that Egwene might be pregnant. Oh, that's true. They did have oh, the sexy maybe times. Maybe that's the baby. Yeah. Maybe, well, maybe Egwene's baby's the dark one. Ah! <laughs> All right, so he comes. Uh, so he kills the dark one. I guess he thinks he has. He seems to think. Mm. So and he thinks he, he's done that, but we don't he's, know. He's, yeah, and he talks to Moraine. He says, "I can't go back to the others because men who channel go mad and they kill everyone they love. So I'm just gonna dip. Yeah, and can you please oh, yeah. tell, everyone tell everyone that everyone I died? Did. She's like, I can't lie. Yeah. And he's like, You know what I mean? You'll you'll say it in a <laughs> way, like, and they'll just, work just it out. Just figure it out. Way. Yeah. <laughs> just, just figure it out on your own, okay? Yeah. <laughs> and then after he leaves, Lan Lan arrives and finds Moraine and is like, Moraine, you're alive! Yay! So unmask the bond, and she's like, Thank God. <laughs> I love that so she's much. Really he gets there and he's like, immediately unmask the bond. This is the first thing you need to do right goes, now. And she's like, and she goes, I can't channel. I start crying. And he's like, oh no, let me take care of you, which is so sweet yeah. and lovely because she's mm. obviously going through something that he can't help with at all, but he's right there. Mm. And she is holding part of that stone yeah, seal, symbol thing. Mm-hmm. And it's this pretty white stone underneath. Yeah, it's Quendia or Heartstone. Um, and Lan's like, I thought that couldn't be broken. She's like, mm-hmm. I thought so but too. But it is. <laughs> but here we and are. And then she says, we, like, we've basically we've been tricked. This wasn't the last battle. I fear it was the first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, we go back to we go back to Faldara and Egwene's holding Nynaeve and is crying and she's like, no, Nynaeve, Nynaeve. And then you see some of the power kind of wrap around Nynaeve and then Nynaeve comes alive again. Yay. Egwene was trying to heal her, but it looked it looked like she couldn't get the power to work. And then it started working after she had sort of settled down, was like crying and given up. And then it started healing herself afterwards. So it looked more like Nynaeve had started healing herself or something. Yeah. So Nynaeve's not dead, but she's not able to like help herself. and. Penguin's trying really hard to do something, but she's not strong and has no training. And f- finally, Nynaeve gets herself just a little bit fixed enough that Penguin's help um, pushes her over the edge and makes her come back. And kind of throughout this last little bit, we have Pat and Fane. Um, we're, we're in the room with Perrin, but we're also kind of a little voiceover over the top. So Pat and Fane talks to Perrin saying, you five are Artaviran, which is what we heard in the very first episode when Moraine says we're going to the, which has heard rumours of four Taviran in the two rivers, and they are focal points of the wheel. Mm-hmm. And that's really rare for more than one to be born in a generation, let alone five all together in the same village. Rand is the dragon, but they all have a part to play. 
Yes, it's only the beginning. Basically, the whole point of sending the Trollocs into the two rivers to start with wasn't to kill them, it was to bring them to the shadow. And it succeeded. They're so proud of themselves. And then he gets up and he takes the box with him that's got probably got the horn in it. Parents having a moment. (laughs) Nothing turned out how it should, and it seems like they're in a worse position. Yeah, Mm. and now he has to go tell everyone because they don't know. And Rand's probably dead and, oh, this is And Loyal got killed. And Loyal got killed. Loyal. Loyal. So then we have kind of, I guess, a final cliffhanger scene. We go to the western shore and we've heard talk about ships disappearing on the western shore. Mm. There's a little girl and she's digging up, are they like cockle shells? Yeah, Mm. she looks like she's cockling. Yeah. And then she looks up and there's all these ships with red sails on the horizon Mm. and then we go to those ships and so at the bow of one of them, these two women dressed in grey with like gags on their mouth. Mm. These golden things on their mouths. They come out and then behind them are two women dressed in blue, like one for each. They've got the face paint. paint And those women in blue do like a chanty thing and an arm movement and then the two women in grey start channeling. So they're kind of connected and they channel and then other ships are doing the same thing and they make this giant tidal wave. And that little girl and the baby. And it's this very like really good cinematic shot of this little girl and this massive wave. Yeah, and they like zoom out. It's from a movie poster and it's like, oh, that poor girl, she just got caught up in this massive wave just because she happened to be there. Yeah, wrong place, wrong time. And there's like no way for her to get away from it at all. Mm. Um, so obviously the wave's going to let the ships go up the cliffs. <laughs> and they're uh-huh. they're going to ride the wave? Yeah, they're going to ride the wave. <laughs> they grow legs and then walk? No, they fly a little bit because they've got eyes to die, <laughs> right? So like, oh, okay. they ride the, the wave up the flying. cliff and then they just sort of float along as like airships just being amazing. <laughs> uh-huh. Then they settle down and make camp out of their boats. Yeah, I do like that the pairing thing with the the red sails eyes to die is the other way around where the Instead of the water supporting the Aes Sedai, it's the Aes Sedai doing whatever the like other party decides. Oh, so like the women behind are like waters? Yeah, but they're like the the powerful version. Like, they're like the leaders. Yeah, they're the leader in the pairing. I thought they were both sets of Aes Sedai. So what's the difference between the... Rank probably. Or rank. So who oh. has the higher rank? Probably the ones leading. So the ones with the face, the green face paint things. The face paint things, yeah. Okay. And the, and the blue dresses. Mm-hmm. I read it straight as like them. how were they presented it where like these channelers are enslaved to the controllers. Slaves. But I, I, yeah, it's just that it's a pairing and it's like a complete reversal of the. Um, of the water bond. Yeah. Hmm, maybe we'll find out next season. Dun, dun, dun. So when we finished this episode, Helen was just like, uh, uh, uh. Oh my god! Yeah, it's like <laughs> basically couldn't get the words out. <laughs> what is? It's like a whole season led said, up to this thing, and it's like a five-minute event. What? Yes, yes. Like, so, what? so so much happened, and that nothing happened, and that yeah, and Matt Matt's turning evil. So you think Matt's turning evil? Yeah, he went back to the place where the dark stuff is. Oh, the Shadow the City. Yeah, Sh- Shagalov. And we see him and he's all <laughs> looking sick and dark again. So he's oh, so he's back. He's back at Shadalo Goth. Yeah. And then um, Helen was also upset that Loyal got killed. Yeah, Loyal! how dare. He, was, he yeah. barely got any scenes and he was the best one. Helen, do you think the Wheel of Time is an eight? 
that yeah it's like i don't think i would be that invested as you are in it i probably mm-hmm. won't read the books or go any further uh, so do you want to watch season two like if we did a watch together, like maybe at someone's house or something. Yeah, that's fine. I won't make you read the books, but I would like to do season two. Um, so, Caitlin, do you think The Wheel of Time is neat? Yeah, I think you think it's very neat. And I I enjoy <laughs> you being excited about it. Um, but it's the exact same way that I think Marvel is neat. Like, oh, okay, I'll spend an afternoon hanging out with you, but I won't do this on my own. Also, yeah, my headcanons, everyone's gay and <laughs> far more interesting <laughs> than what's happening yeah. on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> Except Nynaeve and Lamb because they're going to get married and have so many babies. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're invested in seeing what happens to some of the characters. <laughs> So that brings us to the end of our Wheel of Time TV show journey for now. As of recording this podcast, season two has wrapped filming and is currently in post-production with no release date announced, but most likely sometime in the first half of 2023. Season three has been greenlit, which is very exciting and bodes well for the whole series being adapted. So I'm excited about that. Um, Maybe we'll revisit the TV show when season two has been released. But for now, keep an eye out for Caitlin's thoughts on the first book of the series once we've finished reading it. Listeners, what do you think of The Wheel of Time season one? Are you a book reader or a watcher only or both? Do you have predictions for season two? Tell us all about what you think on Twitter or Instagram at isn'titneatpod or email us on isn'titneatpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. Now go and enjoy something you think is neat. Da, 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 da. Rah!